And I'm not sure Adam Gates is the type of coach that has shown the temperament or the insight to be useful in that situation. No, no, no. Let's let, let, let's be honest with this. He has shown himself to not be an NFL level head coach. Full stop. So hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. We're now past the halfway point and we had a lot of surprising results, so there's a lot to dive into this week. So hey, we got Connor here and we got Ronan. Hello. How you getting on? Any crack? Uh, not too bad, just tipping away. We had our big 8.5 release. Uh, it went live this morning. No hitches, no issues, no complaints so far, so... Another successful uh, iteration of the software completed. Enquiry 8.5, adding features like MCP mod and Simon's two-stage design. Get it right now uh, <laughs> at your local well, online store. But uh, yeah, so that basically that means that work for the next month, it'll be pretty quiet, I imagine, just tipping away till Christmas, to be honest. Uh, other than that, watch The Irishman at the weekend. Good. Uh, yeah, it was very good. Uh, it's kind of it's interesting because again, it starts out with that kind of, kind of kinetic um, Scorsese type of approach, mm-hmm. and there's like when the the because it's mostly a flashbacks when the characters kind of go through the early stages, but as it goes on more and more, it gets like uh, well, things turn out pretty shit in the end. Um, so for anyone who's not aware, basically Frank Sheeran, the character's in a you know nursing home and he's talking about his life and his interactions with people like Jimmy Hoffa, uh, and obviously you could imagine that. Uh, he's hired as a hitman and he's friends with Jimmy Hoffa and you know most people are aware that Jimmy Hoffa might disappear you could probably guess yeah we'll, we'll fi- told, we'll, we'll, but, I think uh, some people will figure yeah. out but we'll, we'll, for those yeah. who haven't we'll sit, we'll, leave, we'll leave it there for now for them, but, uh, <laughs> but good it's, it's spoilers on history like, it's, it's, a, it's a long one so uh, like yeah. you know well, three and a half hours so yeah it's a, you get comfy in the LC <laughs> Oh god, yeah. No, I've uh, not too bad here. Been a bit, uh, bit busy in work. We've got a few bits. We just pushed out the exam timetable to everyone. So uh, fingers crossed, I'll all enjoy it. I went for a slightly more intense approach to it than they ever have beforehand, with more exams crammed in. Uh, but everyone seems to be quite on board with it because it will mean, uh, as long as no problems occur, that everyone will basically finish up nearly a week earlier for the Christmas holidays. So everyone is very pro this working. I think. Um, nice. But yeah, just just flat out with a few other bits and pieces. But uh, no, it's good. And the missus has now just gone off to uh, to Amman for work for the next three weeks. So I'm now here on my own in the house, just chilling out, Max, and relaxing. She's all gone cool. to another Amman, is it? Oh, she's left me for another Amman, <laughs> as you said. She thought that was a great joke, by the way, Fitz. Well done. Well done. Uh, very good. But no, I know it should be good. And I uh, might get to see if you like, there's like a Petra is nearby and stuff like that. So some kind of cool weekend trips maybe off the back of that. But uh I suppose we should jump into it and get to some of the news. The main stuff floating around this week have been there's a number of injuries to a couple of contending teams here. So Matt Stafford, the uh, quarterback of the Detroit Lions, has uh, broken some bones in his back. It would appear. Micro fractures, yeah. as described, but not pleasant either. Yeah. Really. So he's week to week. Uh, he missed this week's game. Uh, he's had a couple of back injuries in the past as well, which have held him back, but... Yeah, this is obviously a big shot to that team. They're now up to I think are they five and five at this point? 
I think they're a little below. Yeah, maybe four and six or something. But uh, would still kind of in that kind of hunt for potentially for a wild card. But they start to be filling up quite quickly in the NFC. But uh, obviously a big shot for them because they don't really have that much behind him for for like they don't even have kind of that much in the way of unknown rookies to test out during this period. Yeah, so they were they were playing Jeff Driscoll, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, this week. He didn't really do too much, but I think mostly what it exposed, as we'll briefly talk about the review, is that like Matt Stafford this season, due to the injuries and to extent just the lack of talent on the team, has been carrying a poor offense, carrying a poor defense, and without him, I expect the Detroit Lions to basically do nothing for the foreseeable future. Obviously, he's the type of player who will play through injuries if he has to, but obviously the team will make the right decision for him going forward if they have to as well. And that's obviously what they did in Week 10. So by all accounts, the longer he's out, the more desperate the Lions will be. But yeah, as you say, the NFC, it would be tough to see them doing well, even if he was back in the lineup. Yeah, uh, New Orleans cornerback Marshawn Lattimore has injured his hamstring. We currently don't have a timetable for his return. This defense has looked very good the last number of weeks. Uh, but obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about this team looking very good managing to work through the absence of Drew Brees so hopefully he comes back because as we'll talk about in the previews this wasn't a very strong showing from them yeah and I think the early indications after the game was that they considered to be week to week but we know these hamstring injuries in particularly can be quite niggly they can flare up a lot and therefore even if he comes back next week you know don't be surprised if he, he has to take plays off or ends up having to go off early but yeah like he's a He's a bona fide like cornerback one who shuts down players, and when you replace him with PJ Williams and Eli Apple, it just makes a huge difference to that defense. That defense at times has been elite, and I think without him, you'll imagine that the wide receiver ones that have been locking up all year will start getting a bit more free. And if the offense stro- offensive struggles uh, start to emerge as they did this week, then who knows how bad things could get for the uh, for the Saints going forward. No, of course, coming off a big Monday night football game, San Francisco have a couple of injuries as well. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders has injured his ribs. He's the one who they just recently traded for before the trade deadlining there. Uh, we don't have a timetable on that because obviously as we're as we're recording this, this is only couple of hours after the uh, after the game there's a tight end George Kittle who's been very good this season and had a massive season last year as a knee and ankle injury he didn't play in the game that just went by and he's considered week to week at the moment and particularly given how much with the exception of possibly one game it's looked like Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense hasn't been all that strong through the passing game the loss of this wide receiver and the potential further time missed for the tight end who's been so productive for them is going to hamper them uh, over the next couple of weeks yeah and I think it's particularly bad uh, for Sanders because he was coming off what some people were describing as a medical miracle for an ankle injury he managed to come through before getting traded to San Francisco um they did an x-ray after the game it was basically inconclusive he's getting an MRI today or tomorrow and that will give the extent of the injury but I think if it didn't show up in the x-ray probably week to week is the most likely outcome George Kittle is the same just kind of niggly injuries I think just kind of kept him out this week but yeah every week that they're not in the lineup is a week that San Francisco uh, is much more likely to lose because Manuel Sanders in his first game was great George Kittle has been great all year these are basically the two main offensive weapons that they have outside the run game um, so yeah if Jimmy G has to put it on his back again 
we, we could see some pretty bad outcomes without these two guys in the field. No, of course. Uh, Kansas City had a couple of injuries in their game too. Defensive end Emmanuel Ogba has torn his pectoral, so he's gone for the season. I think he went in for surgery yesterday. And uh, backup offensive tackle uh, Martinez Rankin has injured his knee and he's gone for the season. So he was actually came in because they, uh, the le- the right tackle for the Chiefs, Schwartz, went down with a, an ankle injury in the first half. And then he came back out and played in the second half. But you got to be worried about those injuries ranking up because that, that's an offensive line that's already missing, I think, three of the five starters. Now four of the five starters. Um, yeah. And obviously then Emmanuel Ogba for that defensive line, which have been looking better over recent weeks, just got, got exposed a lot more in the run game this week. And uh, Ogba, I think, was leading the team in sacks so far this season. So uh, now the plus is they do have a lot of rotational players that they can work around that line and they're getting production out of other players. But Ogba was stepping up in a big way. I think he's in a contract year as well this year. So it's a bit of a disappointment to see him go down at this point. Yeah, especially because like Frank Clark, he is playing right now and he's expected to keep playing. But he has talked about some of the... I think he has a pinched nerve that he's playing through each week and he's yeah. talked about how... how like, well, that might be contributing to why he's been less effective than they had hoped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as you said, the, the tackle depth is getting tested a lot with like Fisher out for a while now and Schwartz now picking up a knock, like losing like the guy you picked up in a trade, definitely a bit of a concern in Kansas City. Papa Holmes will cover up a lot, to be fair, but uh, still a bit of a concern. Yeah, Oakland. Uh, God, it's so weird to think about Oakland in the contenders. <laughs> right again. Uh, safety Carl Joseph has injured his foot and he's gone for the season. So they've picked up TJ Swearinger for depth at safety. Uh, okay. Uh, this is an Oakland defense that has... Uh, in spurts been productive but has been overall not an incredible unit this is definitely uh definitely a blow to their ability to cover uh in the deep sections of the field because uh joseph while not a world beater was having a decent enough season for them yeah it's probably been his best season so far and obviously we know they lost their first round rookie this year jonathan abram another safety so they're now bringing out like two guys that they don't want to be back there and i don't think the strength of this defense was necessarily in the quality of the players mostly it was mostly in the the scheming and getting the best out of what you had but yeah i think you know for a position that was already thin and you're bringing in someone like dj swearinger it's hard not to seeing this have an effect uh for a team that has you know been competitive surprisingly um i don't think it'll be you know destroy their season but it doesn't help no, of course. And finally, how did you sneak in here, Atlanta? You're not a contender. Uh, <laughs> running back to Vada Freeman. Oh, yeah, we are 9-7. Let's go. <laughs> has injured his toe, and he's uh, he's out for two weeks. And their tight end, Austin Hooper, has an MCL sprain. He's week-to-week. He's been a useful target for them in the red zone. But, yeah, um, this is an Atlanta team that doesn't have a defense, and now this is going to severely impact their offense, i got to imagine. Yeah, like, Freeman hasn't been great, to be honest, but he is still their running back one. They'll have to run out like Brian Hill instead because Edo Smith's already Edo's, injured. Oh, Edo Smith injured as well, fair enough. Yeah. Austin Hooper has been the reception leader in tight ends this year. Yeah. He's one of the surprise stories because, you know, well, you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and uh, let's just pass to Austin Hooper. Maybe <laughs> that explains why the season hasn't gone the way you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but I think for Atlanta, they're not a contender themselves, but they are playing... Uh, New Orleans again, they're playing Carolina twice, they're playing San Francisco, so obviously this week they saw that they are capable of being a spoiler, but with these kind of injuries it's going to be more difficult to fill that role. No, of course. Uh, we'll move on and have a look at some of the transactions around the league, uh, a couple of nice ones here. So Philadelphia's offensive guard Brandon Brooks has gotten a four-year $54 million contract with $30 million guaranteed, makes him the highest paid guard in the league. 
Uh, he's played well for them. It's a deserved contract. And as we see kind of around the league at the moment, these offensive linemen, they're just not being produced at the NFL quality at the same rate as they used to be. There's not enough linemen around. So when you get someone like that in your building, you pay them and you keep them there. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is a line where, you know, Jason Peters, Kelsey, they're not getting any younger, so I'll expect some turnover. And they obviously drafted a a rookie tackle in the first round this year. So I think with one of their younger pieces, relatively speaking, um, they are more than happy to reward him because he's been good. And we know that this Philly team, their identity has been about creating a team that's great in the trenches and then allowing Wentz and, and the, the yeah. playmakers to do their work. So I think this is, you know, good offensive lines, generally quite useful unless you have Pat Mahomes because he's magic. Um, <laughs> but for everyone else, uh, definitely a good investment. Yeah, no, of course. And Cleveland also looking at this, decide to extend their center, JC Trader, three years, $32 million. Like, it makes sense when you've got a young quarterback there to lock down the center and try and build that relationship there. They don't have the a quality line full stop. So if they see this piece works, then I suppose invest in that piece. They've got the cap space and try and build outwards from there, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's a classic team building philosophy. And yeah, considering the quality of offensive linemen they've had to pull out this year, I probably wouldn't let any decent pieces go either. Yeah, and uh, the Tampa Bay have cut cornerback Vernon Hargraves. Um, yeah, Arians didn't think he was trying hard enough in Week Ten and pulled him out of the game. I think. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I haven't seen much of Hargraves this year. Has he been playing poorly in general? Is he just kind of a, a another guy? Yeah, he's just been kind of another guy. Obviously, he was drafted in the first round, and like I think uh, this is his fourth year. Um, has never really shown up and lived up to his draft pedigree. And I think Arians, obviously, is a coach not known for taking any bullshit and has talked a lot about how the defense has been soft, or specifically the secondary has been soft. So I think, you know, this is a move where maybe there's also some you know underlying tension in the locker room and by mutual consent. I'd say this is probably something that Hargreaves might have been... Mm you know not unhappy to achieve either i think as a former first round pick he'll expect he'll expect to get picked up uh, yeah waivers and have a chance to earn perhaps getting his option picked up for the fifth year if he does really well in the last few weeks of yeah the no, you expect so uh controversy corner we get two bits we'll start with uh the ongoing saga of the mazungus uh, offensive tackle trent williams who we've discussed at length on this pod has now been placed on the non-football injury list for the uh, Mizungus. So that means that they won't pay him his $6 million because he's unavailable for non-footballing reasons. And we expect that you'll see some kind of NFL PA or even just himself and his own separately, some kind of litigation kind of stuff about them trying to get... Like, I could see him not going after the money and just going after a release instead if he could get that or something. Because I think it's just... He'd, he'd earn more than the $6 million if he can just get out onto the market. Yeah, I assume... It, either way, his agent's going to be pretty busy over the next while. Uh, and his lawyers are going to be pretty busy over the next while. But, uh, yeah. I think even if he did manage to get cut, he would probably still bring litigation anyway. Yeah. So, whether He's... whether the wash, like whether the Mazingus would actually leverage that to try and get out a clean break... That seems like what a smart organization might try to do, but uh, this isn't this, this isn't that organization. So no, of course. Expect this to keep going on and on and on until you know everyone is dead. And the other bit of news comes out of college instead. So Ohio State defensive end Chase Young has been suspended for an NCAA eligibility violation. So 
we've talked about some of these issues beforehand about how they don't allow players to make money to uh, sign sponsorship deals all that kind of stuff I think there's now just recently been a court case about them being allowed to make money from their image rights so NCAA football video games can come back and they can profit from that but basically this guy is someone who's expected to be a number round, number uh, a first round pick uh, based on having a very big season so far I think 13 and a half sacks on the year to this point he says it's stemming from him taking a loan from his friend um now obviously this is kind of it's a murky area because there's a lot of talk about like these players do get loans in advance particularly if they are someone who's expected to be a draftee quite often the management companies and their agents will bring them on board and give them cash advances and stuff like that but uh this is i think a little bit more beyond that so it looks like he's getting paid for things yeah, and in this case, like obviously, it's not like they're saying it was for a specific reason. The the, the the he basically says it was to fly his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl last year, which seems like a legitimate thing to do. Mm. Um, and obviously, the fact that he can't afford to do that without a loan gives an indication of how the college system kind of screws over people yeah. who are used to set, like literally sell out hundred thousand capacity stadiums yeah um yeah it's all very weird as you say like things are progressing similar to like the weed thing in the nfl this is one of those things that you kind of feel it's slowly disintegrating before our eyes but uh you know as long as they can hold power over the players expect them you know to do this now because it, there's i suppose a legitimate reason and you know he's such a star player maybe they'll you know come to their senses and stop suspending him at some point uh, I think they're they're suspending him four games at the moment. We'll see if they stick with that. I'd say they probably will because they're ticks. Um, but yeah, just another indication of how the NCAA screws you players over. But to be honest, for Chase Young, based on what he's already done, based on where he's projected, already looking at a potential overall number one pick, um, maybe missing games and avoiding injury wouldn't be necessarily yeah, the, worst not the worst thing, thing in the world. overall value. Like, don't forget, like Nick Bosa basically took up all of last year um, because uh, after getting mm. a. Some people indicated maybe wasn't a season-ending injury, injury mm-hmm. because he realised that it's not really worth it. Jadavian Clowney very famously did the same, didn't he? He basically yeah. didn't really play in his final year because he thought he'd already done enough, and he yeah. he had. And uh, as we'll, we'll we'll talk about in a little bit, he uh, he's been doing pretty well ever since that point. Uh, so I suppose we'll move over and we'll have a look at the games from uh, this week. Okay, so first up, we'll look at Thursday Night Football, the Chargers at the Oakland Raiders, possibly the last uh, primetime game in the Coliseum, although it's looking more and more likely if the Oakland stay competitive that they will flex maybe that Week 15 or 16 matchup uh, and, and, and get a good crowd for the last game there. But um, yeah, 24-26, uh, to 26, Chico, uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back with an 18-yard touchdown at the end, kind of finished it off. It was... Bizarrely, just a big game from the Raiders' defense, which I was mentioning beforehand, hasn't necessarily been the strength of that team so far. Uh, the Chargers are just still kind of... I, I don't fully get the offense here. They just keep making a balls of things. I think, was it this game that the last eight plays of the game were incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, that they got a fucking bullshit holding penalty on to get a fresh set of downs incomplete pass incomplete pass incomplete pass 
Yeah, and most of those were closer to being picks than catches. Yeah, three of them should have been intercepted. Like it was, it was horrendous from Rivers, and it's it's only got to further stir this pot that the Chargers, who have been rumored to be looking around a lot of quarterbacks at the moment, might just move on. Yeah, and maybe that should happen. Obviously, they're going to be in LA next year. All things going as planned, and so you're not buying sorry, any, of the, any, the, of the, any of the any of the London rumors. Their no? new LA, I should say. You know, their new stadium, <laughs> yeah. it's a new era, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, like I think that that's that. De- I like I, I definitely wouldn't discount that happening. I think Philip Rivers is definitely on the back end of his career. You know, like if he does, if he wants to play another year or two, he'll probably get a contract somewhere. But Tennessee, the chart. The Chargers are probably a rebuilding organization next year in offense. So with Melvin Gordon probably gone, yeah. Um, so maybe that makes sense. But I think you know, don't take anything away from Oakland. I know the Chargers are, aren't a great outfit, though. Also, they, obviously they came off that great Green Bay performance. Oakland, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, the Chargers. But like, yeah, Oakland's defense came out to play five sacks, three picks, including to kill uh, the Chargers on their final drive. Um, Harris had a great game at safety. Um, which is good because obviously this loss is yeah. um, But like, I think, you know, I think we said it last week. We kind of thought Oakland were much better placed to neutralize the strengths of this Chargers team on defense. They, they like to throw the ball quick. Carr was efficient as always. Josh Jacobs was effective. Like, it wasn't his biggest game, but he was still effective, uh, as obviously seen on his 18-yard touchdown to win. So I think that kind of offense, the Chargers defense, where Joey Bosa has occasionally looked like a defensive player of the year, that kind of neutralizes them and keeps them a bit soft. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's fine. I think the only positive right spot really for the Chargers right now um, is A, they're in the AFC, where it's much more likely you might be able to sneak a, a wild card if you're very lucky, uh, and B, that Melvin Gordon seems to be finally get himself back together. The change in offensive coordinator seems to have stuck. He had 108 yards and a touchdown. So if they can get Melvin Gordon going, then the mm. fact that Rivers may be struggling a bit right now may be less bad. And let's, be fair. and let's be honest, they're going to get Melvin Gordon going because they're playing the Chiefs next week, and they yeah. don't have a functional run defense at the moment. And just, like, it is true that like so many teams, their offensive line is banged up at the moment, so maybe there's some mitigation there. But yeah, I think for the Chargers, one more loss, and I think we can start ignoring them fully. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the Green Bay win is a lot less important now yeah. um, after this loss here. Big time. Next up was the uh, battle for New Jersey, uh, the Giants versus the Jets, 27-34. This was all over the shop. Yeah, and it was a fun game which this wasn't necessarily going to be, but obviously really sloppy. I think really the only player to come out of this with an enhanced reputation is Jamal Adams, who had a absolutely dominating game, nine tackles as a safety, two sacks as a safety, yeah. two forced fumbles as a safety. Look, this is like crazy numbers for a safety, including what, what I kind of jokingly called like a handoff from Daniel Jones as he stripped it from Jones <laughs> for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, like, I think, like, other than that, like, the run defense was good for the Jets. Darnold was fine. They didn't give away as many penalties as they usually do on turnovers, so that was enough. And Daniel Jones was fun, threw the ball a lot, but outside of the fumble, he was fine. Outside of the fumbles, he was fine. But the, their defense is just shit, especially against the against the pass. Uh, you know, like, Darnold hasn't been that good. And, and Saquon and Lev Bell did nothing here, so neither of these teams have a, a, a run game. Yeah. And, like, to be fair, maybe both of them are hurt right now, but... Yeah, these neither of these teams are going anywhere fast, but no. maybe the Jets can keep an up. Maybe they win enough games to keep Adam Gase around. Though maybe that isn't a very good thing no. to be honest at all. And I must actually for any of the Giants ones out there, like this is what we mean when we're talking about Jones early in the season. That like, yeah, look, he's not perfect. He thinks he leads the league in fumbles and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, 
300 yards, three touchdowns. That's not a performance you're getting out of Eli Manning. Like, and that's even against what was a very like decent-looking uh, uh, Jets defensive grouping here. Uh, next up was a big surprise: Atlanta at New Orleans, nine to twenty-six. Um, is that that's the wrong way around? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta at New Orleans, twenty-six to nine. Uh, upset is Atlanta beat out New Orleans. Their defense, which we have maligned heavily throughout this. Uh, throughout this season had a great game six sacks didn't allow a touchdown to happen uh, their offense was fine and they just allowed New Orleans to a certain extent beat themselves uh, I don't fully understand what happened to the New Orleans offense in this game there wasn't a huge amount of production out of Kamara Breeze looked a little bit shaky at times I don't know if maybe they just matched up well and, the sch- and they just schemed up well for playing this team in particular but yeah, like a back, like a backboneless Atlanta defense made the New Orleans offense look pedestrian. And you got to worry if you think over the last season or two how from about week ten onwards is normally when you started to see them decline and not be as productive on offense. And we always put that purely on arm tiredness because Drees is a little bit older, but he had his five weeks of rest there. So this is just a bit of a surprise. Uh, I can't take a huge amount out of it, but just look at it and kind of think, okay, this is something to keep an eye on for the next week or two. Yeah, and just to mention, Michael Thomas is having a ridiculous season. Oh yeah, but. To, to a certain catch, just under two yards here, but I think maybe that illustrates the fact that Breeze is going for those short to intermediate routes with Thomas a lot. He's not taking the top off of the defense with Ted Ginn or the like. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just can't do that anymore. And without explosive plays, is it really the same New Orleans team? Yeah. Uh, Kansas City at Tennessee, 32 to 35. Oh, this is a heartbreaker for me. <laughs> Tennessee. Do a cracking job, upset KC. Uh, Mahomes returned to action, had a great day. Hill had a field day for himself, 157 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, like, you know, this is very much the Mahomes college career. Throws for nearly 450 yards, three touchdowns, runs for a bunch more yards, and just mistakes in the game made made up for it. There was a bad snap on a field goal. There was a blocked field goal at the end that would have tied up the game as well. There was a terrible decision by, uh, I think it was Thornhill, or no, it was Hardman, to uh, to try and run back a kick that had landed at the uh, the three-yard line. You literally just let that go. It can't really get much worse field position-wise than, uh, than where it is. But yeah, the Tennessee team, after a shaky start, decided to, like, stay in there, realise that the Chiefs don't have a functioning run defence and that Henry could be used for nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns. And yeah, like it was a game that I think Tennessee played very well to win. I think Kansas City should have been able to pull out the win if it wasn't for a couple of sloppy mistakes, particularly there's a couple of deep balls that were a little bit overthrown and one or two that were caught and dropped because of good play by the defensive backs of Tennessee. There's one or two in particular to Sammy Watkins where he's got their hand in there and forced the ball out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bad one for Casey to drop, but I kind of take it on the basis of having won the game against the Vikings that I thought maybe we shouldn't, or I wasn't expecting us to win last week, I'll take this as the wash provided we don't lose to the Chargers in Mexico. Yeah, but it's really hard to, you know, obviously the Chiefs are competing for a bye, let's be honest, they, they should be in the playoffs, and this kind of loss, they're now four losses on the season, it's going to be really hard to come back and get over the the, the, the Texans, the Ravens, and the Patriots most likely. Mm-hmm. Um like Mahomes did everything he could. He had like a jump pass that was oh, yeah. pretty impressive. 
But yeah, like like this is a game they should have won. They fucked up the end of this game. Not Andy Reid clock management, just like as you say, the first like it was the first intentional grounding from a from a <laughs> the snap holder ever. Yeah. Because they they fucked it up and he panicked, and then yeah, the missed field goal obviously as well. It's just. Like those are the kind of mistakes that you know Mahomes was making should make it's so good that mm. they shouldn't be relevant but yeah your run they just like Henry in the second half was just gashing you again yeah. even Tannehill got in on the run action yeah it was hilarious half. just trucking over <laughs> yeah um, and there, like, there was also just to point out there was a big mistake by the refs in this game as well where they provided a turnover to the Chiefs that should in no way have been a turnover uh, there was a big sack of Tannehill he had his hand on the ball on the ground afterwards and the refs missed it uh, and it should have been overturned, but then the the only plus is then that they uh, they decided to make up for it by then throwing. I think the following four plays were all flagged against the Chiefs to take them out of uh, touchdown territory, which was uh, which was good fun. <laughs> yeah, so like I think the Chiefs they they're good enough to well yeah they got all lucky here. I think I think Tennessee they played up as well as they could, and I think they're maybe a wild card contender. But uh, yeah. Hopefully the Chiefs can get back on track and start winning some of these games uh, again. No, of course, uh, and we'll have we'll have a lot of fun now with uh, Mexico City next week that we'll talk about when we get to the game previews. And uh, next up is Baltimore at Cincinnati. My yeah. God, this was one-sided, forty-nine to thirteen. Yeah, like this is basically just a Lamar Jackson MVP highlight reel. Like a forty-five-yard touchdown is probably the highlight play of those were given but it also had plays like the Heisman package with him like <laughs> an option played or, or G3 that also involved Mark Ingram in the back and yeah they we, we, we said it last week Cincinnati can't defend the run so the Ravens ran a lot they also passed it with, with the tight ends their defense got two touchdowns to contribute and you know Finley on his debut just looked helpless he had, he has nothing supporting him it's not completely his fault there's hard way it's really hard to evaluate him but like right now we're looking easily here at Cincinnati at another 0-16 team from the AFC North this year. Yeah. Maybe they can grind something out here. They do have Miami on their schedule, of course. Uh, but, yeah, they're just really bad right now. Uh, wouldn't take too much away from this Baltimore, but, uh, yeah, pretty yeah. routine win. No, of course. Uh, Buffalo at uh, Cleveland, 16-19. Yeah, Cleveland hold on for the win, but this was not impressive from anyone. Like, there was, there was a... Was it an eight or a nine play stretch where all the plays happened from the two yard line or closer in and they couldn't punch it in on nine straight fucking plays? Yeah, and that's been a problem all season. Like I, like, I watched the Seahawks game in full and they had the same issues there. Uh, but I think there is a clear template to beat Buffalo now. The book is out. On offense, run the ball. The run defense just can't hold up. And mm-hmm. Chubb had 116 yards. And, you know, you get the short game, it can be fine against them as well. Uh, as long as you stay away from their cornerbacks, they just generally don't have that much. Uh, Landry was used to slice and dice them here. And then on defense, just take away the run and force Josh Allen to pass. And, yeah, he has some pretty throws occasionally, but he's not a consistent passer. You can definitely like stifle their offense sufficiently that they don't get points, and they're not that prolific anyway. And if you do that, there's a chance you'll win. And in this case, Cleveland did enough on both sides of the ball to get away with a win here that keeps them on life support but uh, yeah I think Buffalo are maybe being exposed as a bit of a paper tiger here and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see them finish closer to like 7 and 9 um, than 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 yeah yeah, which is a tough one given they had such a strong start to the season 
Uh, next up was, oh, it was a bit of fun, the Arizona-Tampa Bay game, 27-30. to 30. Like, there was lots of big plays. Christian Kirk finally got into the mix properly and had a monster game. Um, yeah, Kyler had a good day, over 300 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, but, again, they've just got no run game, which is weird because like, they got production in week one out of uh, Kenyon Drake and then just haven't seen anything really happening since. Jameis, being Jameis, throws for a bunch of yards, has a touchdown and two interceptions, uh, just is kind of an accident-prone but sometimes very impressive quarterback. He just must be the most infuriating person in the world to try and coach. Because <laughs> like, you can see that there is raw physical talent there. It's just attached to someone who's the IQ of a fucking doorstop. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like... <laughs> entertaining if you want to watch the highlights nothing really to take away from it two inconsequential teams in the grand scheme of things um, yeah but it was it was more fun than some of the other ones that you get at this stage in the season so I'll take it I'll take it um, speaking of surprising ones Detroit at Chicago 13 to 20 I was amazed I was having a drink and I was chatting just about how bad uh, Trubisky was and then he started just throwing a couple of really nice passes for a little while yeah, for a little while, that's the emphasis. Yeah. When, when they had an opportunity to close this game out against Jeff Driscoll, let's remember. Um, like when we picked Detroit last week, Matt Stafford was still expected to start, so don't blame us for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like he, he was good for periods, but in the fourth quarter, he returned to his previous form, throwing incompletion after incompletion. And to be honest, this Detroit D is absolutely shit, so he should have been doing well regardless. Um, this was an awful game. Two quarterbacks who are bad, two like a defense on one side that's terrible, another defense that was fine but isn't perhaps where it should be. Um, and I think we just saw here that Chicago are at best a mediocre team with Mitch Trubisky, and Detroit are an awful team without Stafford. So I don't think any either, either of these teams are going to be worth talking about going forward. To be honest, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. Um, Miami at Indianapolis, sixteen to twelve. Oh God. Uh, yeah, the tank Mi- the tank. Miami fading to tank here with a second win in a row. Like, Fitzmagic does enough to keep them interesting, I suppose, or at least in games more so than they were beforehand. Yeah, the Hoyer experience is exactly what I remember it actually being like, which is <laughs> three interceptions rather than... You I don't know, think it helps when, like, the you know your former like the coach on the other side is your like the defensive coordinator who probably practiced their shit ton against you and Brian Flores. Yeah, that's fairly true as well. But yeah, no, it's just um, yeah, just not a not 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 a great game at all. Wouldn't advise bothering to go and watch this apart from yeah. like yeah, it it's interesting. Darius Leonard had a nice touchdown on defense and he looks good. So that's that's the only person here worth talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah, just overall, ugh. Like, this Indianapolis team has quality on it. It's got a good roster. But you can see that, like, even the drop-off to Hoyer here is just too much for them to be able to to withstand. Even though, like, I was still so certain, even with Hoyer, they'd be able to beat up on this Miami team. Maybe this Miami team's turning it around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, no, I can't even. I can't even give well, a straight face. They secured a high pick. Now they're like they need to be good enough that people will actually want to go there. Maybe that's it. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Carolina at Green Bay, sixteen to twenty-four. Uh, this was interesting. So Christian McCaffrey got stuffed at the end to uh, secure the win, 
But yeah, it was it was an all right. Kyle Allen looked okay, but through two interceptions, so not fantastic, but not enough to kill them. The Green Bay's offense looked fine, but again, still this kind of like unsure what their personality is because sometimes it can be like oh let's let's stretch the field a little bit but there was no real explosiveness to this one particularly coming off the loss of the chargers last week you'd think they'd want to kind of put a bit of a stamp on it and this is not a carolina defense that like you know fills you with terror for throwing it deep you know yeah i think you know i think it was a snowy game to be fair uh, i think maybe after the the chargers experience maybe they said maybe we'll go back to back to basics and to be fair at points they did run the ball really well they had about 166 yards in total and they got a few touchdowns from Aaron Jones as well Mm -hmm. in the red zone so I think maybe they want to re-establish their run not put it totally on Rodgers as they did before that Chargers game and just you know get over a solid Carolina team like I think Carolina were in this game but yeah Kyle Allen he threw two interceptions but one was in the red zone just a very boneheaded decision he looks like a solid player he could definitely develop into being a you know a starting quarterback but honestly when I look at him considering all the advantages he has with a decent O-line and obviously Christian McCaffrey I'm not seeing someone here who's a massive difference maker and obviously with the uncertainty around Cam Newton which I think someone will be asking a question about later yeah um that's a big decision they have to make about whether they're going to roll with that this guy going forward. Uh, I think also just worth noting that Green Bay's defense did show up a bit against Christian McCaffrey. He didn't let them go too crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's something that they really – is a good sign for Green Bay because, like, the defense was good early this season but uh, was been bad recently. So if they could start leaning on that defense a little bit more again, that might be nice for – Green Bay as a genuine NFC contender because I think they definitely have that potential. Yeah, no, they do. Um, Lally Rams at Pittsburgh, twelve to seventeen, low scoring ugh, game. Uh, was it sixteen of the points in this game were scored on defense? Uh, safety fumble and uh, and uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick uh, pick six. Yeah, like this Rams team are. Our criticism up to this point has normally been they haven't evolved that much. They're kind of just doing the same things beforehand, but their personnel aren't all that good. Whereas now, I actually think that their scheming is falling apart a little bit as well. Like I get that this is a good Pittsburgh defense that they're playing against, but there was just nothing coming up here that made me go, oh yeah, I can see why those guys were in the Super Bowl last time. Yeah, well, but we saw why they lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't see that. Uh, yeah, like, the, like, yeah, I think there's multiple issues here. Yes, the offensive line is bad. Yes, we've never really rated J- Jared Goff, and I think it's getting exposed a bit here. The play calling has been poor. Obviously, they're not. They, for whatever reason, I don't know, like, whatever's happening, God Gurley isn't getting a chance. He still looks pretty good when he's on the field, but maybe lacks some of the lateral explosiveness he had previously, but he's still effective. Yeah, they need, they they need, they need to stop game. saving him for the postseason and ensure they fucking yeah, get there. And it just, it, it's stupid because like when they when the other team knows you're going to pass, Jared Goff doesn't know what to do and he's screwing up. And then they try to do some crazy stuff with like Blake Bortles and then a fake punt with Hecker on one series. And all the, like it's basically Goff gets hit, Bortles like tries to run, gets hit. Uh, short Hecker screws up just a series of failure against the defense Pittsburgh which yes is really really good and it's definitely carrying Mason Rudolph to you know definitely on the uh, unearned like a wild card spot at the moment and without James Conner that offense is just so bad but yeah like this Rams offense which 
maybe has now been figured out and you know if we go all the way back to last season when they played Detroit maybe that's the first chink in the armour we saw and if if that offence doesn't run through McVeigh basically you know mind melding his way through it and Jared Goff has to make decisions it's not an offence it doesn't do anything and without a run game this is a team that could easily lose more than they win down the stretch and to be honest with a lot of prime time games and tough teams that's probably what I'm predicting at this point yeah, madness. So it's got a tiny bit of breaking news happening while we're recording. Nothing too massive, but uh, it would appear the Falcons are going to play a home game in London next year. Or they're, they're going to be the home game for one of the international series games. Uh, it's I'm a, intrigued. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, like, like we said, they don't have a backbone, but they are good on offense, and they can like they showed this week that they could do some things. So that could be that could be an interesting one. We'll keep an eye out on that one. Um, we'll do we'll do a deep dive on who their uh, <laughs> who their potential opponents next year are to see if any of our teams could be the ones coming over. Um, next one was uh, oh sorry, and just to say on the Pittsburgh one, Pittsburgh's defense looking great. Their offense still looking terrible. Uh, I know that they're all getting hyped up and going. This is great. We're still in it. We're we're only a few games back. I'm like no, you're not. No one believes in the slightest bit that you're going to beat any of the larger more talented teams in you're only season. feeding them Connor yeah. they, 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 they slake their thirst on your disbelief yeah that's perfect <laughs> uh, I'm quivering in my boots uh, Minnesota at Dallas 28-24 to big win for Minnesota Cooks shows up a huge amount here nearly 200 yards uh, total and Cousins does an okay kind of middle of the road kind of job uh, Dak looked pretty good nearly 400 yards in this one but there was nothing happening on the ground for Dallas and like we said I think we flagged this a few weeks ago I think it's starting to look like that uh, you know incredible new playbook that Dallas were running uh, under what's his name the old quarterback who's there now um, pardon Kellen Moore yeah Kellen Moore it's starting to look like that's not maybe as deep a playbook as one would hope and it might be a little bit stale like yes i don't think it's it's quite lived up to the massive expectations i had previously but i think like dak has had his best season this year he had a really good game here but the run game didn't do anything and the the, the real reason this 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 cowboys team is failing to win despite all the talent they have is one um, yeah, the run the run offense isn't where it was previously. Maybe that's part of the problem with the playbook. Maybe he isn't as good a scheming run. But I think the big story is that the defense is nowhere near where it needs to be. They have a lot of you know big names there in the defensive yeah. front, in the linebackers. They have Chris Richard, who has been talked about as a um, you know as a head coach candidate, who's their defensive coordinator, and they're not doing anything. They're not mm-hmm. getting any results. They've been giving up and and being a failure all season and when you combine that with you know the milk toast jason garrett experience where you know going for going for it on like fourth down is basically some kind of foreign object done by then ones over there in baltimore and new england um it, it those are the small margins that end up making the difference here because like yeah like minnesota had their typical game of basically rolling all over you and running hard and david cook is having a great season uh but you know kirk cousins wasn't gonna pull them out of the fire if they needed to here but the problem is is that if you have a team and a coach who aren't able to stick it to them who aren't willing to take risks then a team like minnesota can take advantage like they had their chances here dallas they definitely could have won this game especially with the way their offense like their pass game was running but you know that defense this coach 
in these really close games, you just don't see them winning them. The margins there are so tight, and the and he is a, and Jason Garrett's a negative in those tight margins. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So Minnesota looking kind of good, getting their feet back under them after the loss last week, and uh, Dallas just kind of dropping these games that they really need to be winning. Uh, finally, Monday Night Football. This was a banger. Seattle at San Francisco, 27-24 to in overtime. And we no longer have an undefeated team this season. A uh, big game from both defences. Seven turnovers, each scoring a touchdown. Seattle win in overtime after Russell Wilson throws a red zone interception in overtime. But then they manage to... Uh, San Francisco missed the, missed the field goal. And yeah, just... Uh, it was all over the shop. There was there was everything in here, and there was like there was mistakes. There was good play for the quarterbacks. There was also mistakes from the quarterbacks. There was decent run game. Like Jimmy Garoppolo looked harassed throughout the game. He looked like he was overmatched at times, particularly when you got into the fourth quarter and into overtime. He just looked like, and I suppose to a certain extent, it is what he is. He'd never been properly challenged like that. He's never had to dig that deep in a game because, you know, he was career backup in New England, came over to a well-stocked team in San Francisco, played two games and then got injured, uh, or sorry, three games and then got injured and then came back to, yeah, like he hasn't, he's had very good defense and good complementary pieces and never had to dig that deep, I don't think. Yeah, uh, I will give some mitigation. Obviously, he was missing his two top targets, if we mentioned already, yeah. in George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders for most of this game. And, you know, he's relying on, like, some random guys at tight end and receiver. Like, Kendrick Bourne was probably responsible for one of the interceptions mm-hmm. when he was in the wrong position. Uh, but, yeah, I think Jadavian Clowney was eating those offensive linemen for lunch. Like, he literally, for one of his, one of the strip sacks, he basically pushed uh, Mike McGlinchley into Garoppolo and then wanted the ball from Garoppolo he was just on fire yeah. uh, even if Booger didn't realise it because he's like he's not having a great statistical game and then literally the next screen is oh yeah oh, there's a touchdown there and it's like okay <laughs> the Mo- Monday night football commentary crew are bad uh, hot take right here uh, just about you know 12 months too late <laughs> um, but yeah like the like the, oh, in overtime we saw that you know, you know, we, we always say in the you know, quarterback is the most important position, and we saw here that when the chips were down, even though Russell Wilson did throw that interception on the very on the last drive, he had a clutch run uh, that got them a first down, and even in the fourth quarter, um, that that nearly won them the game. He had like a spin out move, so just when it mattered, he got it done, and despite being despite being sacked five times. But yeah, like Jason Myers, who's had a bad season as, as kicker for Seattle, manages to get that kick at the end. That was huge for them. And, you know, you do feel bad for the uh, young uh, Chase McLaughlin, who's brought in relief of Robbie Gold this week as the kicker for San Francisco, missed shanking that uh, potential game-winning kick in overtime. But yeah, this was a game where defense was ruling the roost and at a topsy-turvy game, I think, you know, if you want one person who can you know, push the seesaw just in your favour, it's probably Russell Wilson that ended up being the deciding factor in this game. No, of uh, But yeah, Jimmy G could have thrown like 15 picks in the in the fourth quarter in overtime. So yeah. both teams could have won this. Seattle maybe got a little bit lucky, but they were ahead by 11. So yeah, I'm just happy they won. And yeah, yeah. And I was managed to be up for this. So that at least this time when I woke up for this, 
it didn't matter that I couldn't wouldn't be able to get to sleep for another, another yeah. hour anyway. Because <laughs> I had to get up to do that release anyway. That's good, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was an impressive win, a big one particularly within division and given how strong they were looking. And now you've got the Rams falling back within the within the grouping as well. It's it, it's key in this kind of fight for who's gonna get Who's going to be the wild card and who's going to be the who's going to be the division winner? Um, Week so, seventeen will be the um, rematch here. Potential ooh, that's, number one. That could be a huge one. Yeah. Uh, fight there, but Class. yeah, good game. Excellent. And I suppose we'll swing over and take some questions from the listeners. Okay. So first up, uh, this one comes in from Brian. He says. Uh, Cam Newton is out for the season and there's trade rumours floating around where would we like to see him so we mentioned this in passing earlier the uh, the injuries to Cam have now said that he's now going to be out for the season he's been placed on IR and immediately the talk started because this was happening before the trade deadline as well about the potential for Cam Newton not being on the Panthers next year and them trading him he is on a cheap contract I think he only costs something like 18 million next year uh, so he's very affordable for teams. Uh, he is still like we're talking about a guy who has been an MVP, uh, has taken his team to a Super Bowl and plays at a very high level, but does have a history of injuries, and that would be a concern for him. So we won't talk about compensation because look, that's whatever that that'll vary depending on whether they think he's a long term. You can make that work. Like. Yeah, like you can make that work. Where would we like to see him? The rumour, obviously, that's come out this week already is there's talks of the Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears would be a good fit. I think they're a team that obviously is looking to get out um, from a bad situation with Trubisky. And they need probably someone who can just make it uncontroversial for whatever they choose to do. Uh, someone who's, a, who's an unambiguous and exciting prospect for them. And I don't think I don't think their pick will be high enough to get someone like Tua. Um, so that makes that difficult. Now uh, that you know, will they have the trade capital if there's a trade market for Cam? That's another question, but we'll see there. Um, I think you know there's some other interesting teams out there that uh, you know could definitely be interesting. Teams like the Chargers would be interesting if, if Philip Rivers did. Leave. Ah, come on now, um, we, don't, we don't have a run defense in the stands. Don't give them <laughs> Cam Newton as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I think I think the Bears are probably the best fit, but seem like the Chargers or maybe even someone like the Buccaneers would be an interesting fit. I think if you just put them with an offensive coach like Nagy or Arians, I'd be interested to see if they could rejuvenate him and kind of get him back on track to being a proper a proper player. And I think we saw when he was really good last year that the attempt to have like tall like players like Benjamin and stuff hadn't really worked. And when we had players like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, who we could rely on, on receiving after a catch, um, he was much better. And I think both those those coaches mm-hmm. could do that for him, as well as doing the deep bombs, which he's still pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, I think I, I think I think he'd be a good fit for the Bears, definitely. Uh, I also think he would be an interesting choice. Although the thing is... They're, they they can't get out of their current contract with the other guy, but I was going to say the Steelers would be a nice spot for him to land on because that'll be a nice one. The one that I kind of have a half idea in my head of, and I think it's just because I still think of it as a, a match that's not fully made up in the existing form, is Cam Newton in the black and silver in Las Vegas from the Raiders. That would be... That would be a pretty Vegas move, and then yeah, it'd be pretty baller. Yeah, I think like Derek Carr is having a pretty good year here, um, but I think for a team looking to be money, um, I don't think he's the right cultural fit. And there's plenty of teams who'd be 
probably happy to uh, give you some decent compensation in return to to get him as a solid starter in the mm. West Coast type system. So yeah, that, the 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 silver and black would be a really interesting decision. They'd be, they'd, they'd be fun, and I think it'd be, it would be it would make it would make it a very interesting because I like I like some of the pieces in that offense, and they've got like they got the speed guys, they've got a good line to protect him, they've got a good young running back to go with him. Like it could be it could be a nice setup. Uh, this other one come in. It says, uh, "Who do we think the next coach that's going to be fired will be?" Um, I suppose this is probably both a combo of we're getting around the time of year where some people might try and get out in front and get a five-game stretch of seeing if there's someone in the building they want to test out in the position. They might do it now, uh, but equally it can just be uh, with the number of bad teams winning last week, or we'll say surprise wins, not bad teams. They're just <laughs> inferior. Um, has have, have some people bought themselves a bit more rope like in my head the obvious answer would be freddie kitchens but he won a game last week and they're coming into a softer stretch of their schedule now so maybe this is where they're gonna rack up six seven wins and look respectable going into the next season and it won't cause any issues yeah like i, I probably still have my eyes on adam gase uh, and he certainly got his eyes on you with his bulge against <laughs> there uh, he obviously is a first year coach so it's less like he's supposed to go to that but I just think I don't know I think that Jets team is on the cusp of a full rebuild um, around Darnold and I'm not sure Adam Gase is the type of coach that has shown the temperament or the insight to be useful in that situation no like no no let's, let, let, let's be honest about this he has shown himself to not be an NFL level head coach full stop well yes but <laughs> particularly if you're rebuilding you just don't need that kind of drama and bullshit around your team just get someone in who's going to do a solid job and, and get get them going basically kind of like you know if brian flores based on these two wins someone like that wouldn't be a bad choice in, with the jets right now to be honest they need to just rebuild fully at this point yeah no it makes it makes sense that's probably a good shade i have heard i have heard i saw some fake kind of rumors swirling around about the uh the dolphins looking to fire some of their coaching staff now because they've won two games and that's not what the plan was uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. So I'd say those are probably the favourites in there. Thing is, I just I think that I think they wouldn't turf kitchens out mid-season just because of how bad the optics would be to have to do that twice in a row. But the way he's playing and just how unready for head coaching he appears to be, I can't see them keeping him next year. Yeah, but like, yeah, they'll they'll need to get a few more wins like they got this week. But uh, yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah, I think like ideally he could just go back to being OC and get a new head yeah. coach in, but it's just hard. It's hard to it's hard, to, it's hard to demote it. someone in that spot. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll have a think about that because I imagine we're going to have to start looking towards the next year. And now we'll move on and we'll have a look at the picks for this week. Okay, so first up, Thursday night football, uh, AFC North, Pittsburgh at the Cleveland Browns. We no, I'm changing my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we both went for Pittsburgh. Like, no, I'm not picking. Oh, but the Browns are so bad. But Pittsburgh don't have an offense. But the Browns are so bad. They are so bad, but they're also the home team on Thursday night. I always pick the home team on Thursday night. I'm taking Cleveland, and you're taking Pittsburgh. Um, you have the spare picks. You're nine picks ahead. Yeah, I'm, 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 okay. I'm doing quite well in the picks so far this year. Um Got a bit of a buffer, yeah. so I could have like I've I've got one further down. I just picked for the crap because I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's hope that this happens. Uh, I, I think it's fairly obvious what both teams need to do. Pittsburgh need to dominate on defense. They need to 
get after Baker Mayfield and stop um, Nick Chubb. I think the second bit, stopping Nick Chubb, is probably the more important one. Like Cleveland looked better on offense, didn't look amazing, but uh, maybe we're going to see a another late season revival. But I don't, I don't believe it yet. And I think Pittsburgh's defense is just so dominant right now. It doesn't even matter that their quarterback doesn't throw points. Like just, like you just have Minka Fitzpatrick, he'll score the points for you and get it done here. But uh, yeah, like I know Pittsburgh are in the wild card spot right now, but. Uh, yeah, neither of these teams are that exciting as actual contenders no. at the moment, to be honest. No, I can't imagine Pittsburgh saying that. Cleveland just, it's in division. Cleveland play very tough in division. Remember that this is a Cleveland team that beat the Ravens earlier on the season. Um, and I think... Does it make sense? <laughs> try, 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 try to get some stuff firing. And as always, short week Thursday, just pick the home team. They do have a statistical advantage normally. Next up, oh God, this is, this is an awful game. Jets at Washington. Uh, Jets because Washington are starting their sixth quarterback in 16 games yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're playing Dwayne Haskins apparently for the rest of the year we'll see about that but uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the few good things like one of the statistically good units in the Jets the Jets is the run defense and the Mazungus that's the only thing they do is they run the ball um, they might have Darius Geis back I don't think that'll make a huge difference to be honest but uh, yeah if the Jets can stop the run they will win and that's probably enough for them to do it. Thankfully, once again, this should be a mercifully short game. Yeah, a lot of running and hopefully just uh, not a lot of stuff we have to watch. Uh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. We've both gone for Jacksonville. Uh, Indianapolis look quite rudderless with Hoyer under center, and I believe he's slated to start next week still. It's it's uncertain at the moment, but even if Jacoby Brissett's back, I might yeah. still edge Jacksonville. Obviously, they're getting big Dick Nick back this week, so yeah. I think that'll... I'm excited to see what he can do with that offense. We saw it could be productive with Gardner Minshew, and, you know, I think big Dick Nick is a better quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's more than willing to sling the ball out like Gardner Minshew did as well. Um, Leonard Fournette looks fine the defense looks fine I think like Indianapolis will keep it close because they are a good team but yeah if Hoyer isn't there definitely win and even with Percet if he's banged up I just I yeah. can still see Jacksonville just nudging this yeah like I, I kind of like their defense pieces a little bit more as well Buffalo at Miami we've both gone for Buffalo look Miami are not very good Fitzpatrick is exciting but will make mistakes. Buffalo do have a good secondary on their defense. Miami just don't seem to run the ball really anymore. I suppose they're down to like they've Kalen Balage. Yeah, Kalen like. Balage. Um so yeah, like it's gonna be a terrible game. God God, there's a couple of stinkers on this <laughs> this week. Yeah. Yeah, Buffalo Miami, don't watch it, but probably Buffalo in a low scoring border. But you know, maybe a maybe a high scoring maybe Buffalo will start to flex with their defence and be like, See, see, we're still a contender. See, we're not we, made of paper. Devin Just... Singletary has carries, come on. Yeah, too right. Uh Dallas at Detroit, both gone for Dallas. Yeah, Detroit are a complete mess right now. Dallas are a solid team. I expect them to get back into form, flex a bit here, and obviously destroy Detroit, even if Matt Stafford is back. Matt Stafford might make it a little bit more fun, but I'd still take Dallas easily. Yeah, this this is why we have to have so many bad games we can focus on a fucking tasty numbers. Houston at Baltimore. Uh, we've both gone for Baltimore here. This is your pick of the week. You yeah. cheeky bastard got in here before me. It would have been my <laughs> pick of the week. Yeah, well, you can get your comments in at the end anyway. But, uh, yeah, I think we're both picking Baltimore just on form and just because I think overall we think of a better coach team and they're just they're, their highs are so high right now. But, obviously, we know what they want to do. They want Lamar Jackson to run, throw to his bad ends and just do all kinds of crazy things. We saw how they overwhelmed 
the New England defense uh, last week. So the Houston defense, which is no great shakes at any level, let's be honest, um, will probably have a lot of points scored in them. But thankfully, on their side, they have Deshaun Watson, also an MVP candidate, doing absolutely everything in his power to keep Houston uh, atop the AFC side and in potentially into the the number one uh, well, number one seed like uh, bye week uh, situation. He's looked amazing this year. He's probably his improvisational skills have been just ridiculous up there, easily up there with Russell Wilson, uh, and he's obviously a younger, dynamic, more dynamic player as well. And it's just. Like, I think they get Will Fuller back, um, so they add him to Kenny Stills and to Andre Hopkins, uh, and I think that'll just make them a more complete offense as well. So I just think this will be a really big, high-scoring offensive game, but I think Baltimore have the slightly better defense. They're the slightly better mm-hmm. coach team. Uh, fire Bill O'Brien, says Connor. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think this should be a fun game, and, uh, yeah, probably very important in terms of what the seeding ends up being at the end of the year for the AFC. Yeah, no, it's a huge one. Like I said, I kind of agree pretty much everything you're saying. It's going to be very exciting. I think the the big difference for me is just the injuries to Houston are impacting them more than any injuries to Baltimore. Like, the lack of what and stuff is going to hurt their defense, like you said, which then I think is... You know, it's those small edges that they're going to be able to get. So, um, yeah, Baltimore, but uh, one that I'm actually looking forward to watching, uh, unlike nearly all the other ones that we've talked about so far. (coughs) Next up, uh, Atlanta, Carolina. I've gone for Atlanta and you've gone for Carolina. Yeah, look, I could see either case in this one. Atlanta looked good this week. Their defense looked a little bit stronger. We know that they've been able to perform on offense beforehand, but we just hadn't seen their defense step up. Maybe that was a one-week kind of aberration, just a bit of a surprise. Carolina just look a little bit rudderless. Now that they know that Cam isn't coming back and they're stuck with Allen for the year, he's okay, but he still makes mistakes. I just, yeah... I could see this being uh, like a fairly high-scoring game that's not particularly impressive all round. I expect Christian McCaffrey to be the one major point in this game, and then the rest would just be yeah. like Matt Ryan throws for six hundred yards and somehow only scores twenty-eight points, something like that. You know? Yeah, uh, like Carolina has a safer floor, but a lot like uh, but like a you know a much lower ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Atlanta coming off that win. Dan Quinn is obviously trying to fight for his job, keep it. He's obviously one of those other people who could easily get fired uh, this year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go on form. I'm going to go on the like basically the year-long form on Carolina managing to grind out a win against Atlanta. And I'm, I'm not willing to buy back into Atlanta just yet. So I'm going to give it to Carolina. Oh yeah, this, no, to just just to make it clear, it's not me buying into Atlanta again. I still don't think oh, they're great. Stop. Not, not buying into the well, no, it's, 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 I think this is more a reflection of where I think Carolina is at the moment rather than Atlanta. Um, if Cam just was, saying you wouldn't have picked Atlanta if this game had been last week, you wouldn't have picked Atlanta. Just saying, you know, I don't know because I've, 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 I've been not loving the, the, the Allen led Carolina team for a bit. Uh, yeah. next up, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. We've both gone New Orleans, yeah, they had a bad game last week, but. Like Tampa Bay, I suppose Tampa Bay can run hot and cold. Maybe they can surprise you, but I'm just expecting New Orleans to get back on track again. Yeah, and you know, obviously we've we've I've been saying it there, and obviously there's been lots of comments about Drew Brees not drawing deep. But if you want a chance to throw deep, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. This is a team that just 
called a cornerback and they didn't have any, they had barely had any good cornerbacks to begin with. Um, so if, if Ted Gain is going to be used, it's in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay are always capable of an upset because they're crazy and high variance. But uh, yeah, I think we're both hoping and expecting New Orleans to get right here and maybe see a bit more action from Alec and Gamara and maybe see Breeze just put it up to them. Yeah. Um, but if, if Lattimore misses this game, I also expect Mike Evans to get like 5,000 yards as well. <laughs> so should be fun, hopefully at least. Yeah, yeah. We'll be, it'll be exciting. Uh, Denver at Minnesota. Uh, we've both gone for Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Denver on a bye week, I almost forgot that they existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's, who's starting a quarterback for them this week? Are they changing yet or no? It's still Brandon Allen. It still doesn't matter. Minnesota yeah. will crush them. Dalvin Cook will. Like It'll probably be low scoring because their defense is pretty good, Denver's, but uh, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook should do enough in the end to get them through this. No, of course. Arizona at San Francisco. We've both gone for San Francisco to just get back on track here. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, we underestimated this game last time. so Yeah, we did. Like Arizona look a bit better these days, but I still and I suppose this is the thing, like if both the the if both Sanders and Kittle are out, that will impact them a bit. But just like that defence and the rotation of players that are on it, like I I find it hard to see how the rookie quarterback's gonna be able to manage all that given that their run game has fallen off in the last week or so again. Yeah, like but I think like Maybe there's a weakness here in San Francisco that they struggle with these more shifty quarterbacks getting to them, and uh, if they can be around the defensive ends. Because I think, like especially with Quan Alexander gone, they do look a bit more vulnerable around the middle. So if Christian Kirk can get involved more, he was really good last week. Mm-hmm. And if Kyler Murray could throw out enough bullshit, then you know I wouldn't complete this kind of Arizona. But yeah, I think prohibitively San Francisco should be favourites here. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Next up's my pick of the week: uh, New England at Philadelphia. Uh, I've gone for Philly because uh, I just kind of really like it if they won, and uh, you've gone for New England. Both coming off bye weeks, so kind of dangerous to try and figure out what's going to happen here. To be honest, New England are probably the smarter choice in this game. They've looked very good. They were a bit exposed against the Ravens, but as we said, the Ravens are just a very different kettle of fish from pretty much any other team you're going to be facing given their run attack and their quarterback situation. Phillies looked better in the last couple of weeks. They've started getting production out of their running game, kind of leaning more on Jordan Howard and getting some touches to the rookie as well. Their wide receiver group, which were horrendously banged up for most of the year, are now getting a couple of pieces a bit healthier. Um, But they're at home in this game, coming off a bye. Like... Yeah, the New England team I respect and I think they are good, but I think what we saw in the likes of the Ravens game and even earlier on in the season with the Buffalo game and stuff, they're not as infallible as people think. They have played an absolute cupcake of a schedule so far. I think they might still win this, but I think we're going to start to see a lot more of the cracks exposed here. It'll be interesting to see how this Philly defense matches up with the uh, new kind of wide receiver pieces that are in here as well. I believe the, yeah. the rookie, Nikhil Harry, is going to be back in for this game. Yeah, and, and to be fair, Philly need this win a lot more than New England. Like yeah. New England could ship another couple of losses through this tough stretch and still easily wrap up the AFC East and very likely, uh, buy, quite yeah. likely still get the bye. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, they're coming off a bye. I could just easily see them like pulling out of like a, just a stormer of a game to show that they're back and mm-hmm. that Baltimore was a once-off. 
Um, but yeah, I think it should be an interesting game. It should be a fun game. Um, is it the uh, Super Bowl Revenge? Keep it open, like, Super Bowl right? Revenge game, right? They haven't played since then. Uh, yeah, I believe they haven't played since then. So, yes, it is a Super Bowl Revenge game, and according to remarks from Tom Brady, he, he hasn't quite got over it yet. So yeah. uh, even though he got another fucking ring, but like apparently he's still not over it. Uh. <laughs> No amount of avocados can fill the hole within my soul. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati at Oakland. Uh, Oakland? Yeah, like what, what I said last week. Oh, yeah, uh, Cincinnati have the worst run defense in the league. And Oakland have Josh Jacobs. This should be uh, quite quite a cupcake for Oakland. Yeah. Uh, Chicago at the Rams. We've both gone for Rams here. Yeah, uh, like this could easily turn into an incredibly ugly game. Yeah. I think the Rams should have enough because Trubisky is just that bad. But this is a game that's going to be. This is, I think, the, the Sunday night football, and it's not worth staying up for. No, it's just going to be slightest. Two teams looking completely lost at the moment who were contenders. Yeah. Like I think it's always worse when you you were a contender and then you have a come down like they're having this year. Both yeah. these teams, and it's just going to be incredibly deflated there in the uh, in the Coliseum. Yeah, no, it's just not going to be. Too much fun. And then finally, we have the Monday Night Football, which is in Mexico City. Uh, Kansas City at the... Insert Mexican stereotype here. LA Chargers. Arriba, arriba. <laughs> bang, 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 etc. Um, yeah, we're both going for KC here. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I could see a case where you look, it's, it's out abroad, so it's harder to figure out what's going to happen at altitude. If you remember last year, they had to cancel the game and move it to a different location because of the f- turf issues on the field. Yeah. Um, but Kansas City, their offense looked very good last week coming back into form, and that was you know shaking off the rust. Hopefully they'll be a little bit even more on, on, on par at this point. The defense was worrying, particularly with the fact that the Chargers' run game started to look a bit more like it used to uh, last week as well. But hopefully the reshuffle of a couple of players, and I think there's one or two expected to possibly return from injury this week as well, which will be able to help too. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think because this is the thing, the Chargers are a bit Jekyll Hyde. Like you can get if they, if they play like they did against Green Bay, I think we could struggle very badly against them. But if they play, you know. Like they have against a number of other teams this year, we could like blow the doors off with a twenty-something point yeah. win. And to be fair, the Chiefs, you know, uh, I know he's only back one week, but you could already see the absolute reliance on Patrick Mahomes, and we know that Joey Bosa can have those game-wrecking games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely give the Chargers a chance, and obviously the X factor will the pitch be good. Nothing to be scared about, Connor, about a terrible field and Pat Mahomes' knees or ankles or whatever. What? Uh, oh, what? What? what, what, what we, have, we, have, we have some more backup linemen coming into the game to protect him? Oh, <laughs> that sounds fine. I'm not sweating. Um, but, yeah, like, and obviously the bad run even against, against the rejuvenated Melvin Gordon isn't great mm. either. But, yeah, it's hard to pick against Pat Mahomes. It's hard to pick against him here. And I think the Chargers will... Uh, I think they'll put up a fight, but it won't quite be good enough to win in this case. Yeah. Well, I think it Just be... don't make two massive fuck-ups on field goals in the last two minutes, and you'll yeah. probably win this game. And this is the thing. Like, it, it, was, <laughs> it was such an irritation because Dave Taub is an excellent special teams coordinator, and that thing doesn't really happen to us all that often. But yeah, just just sick there. I'm going to have to take uh, Winchester off my long snapper of the year shortlist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. How will I... 
just got got so much. Big big uh, Anthony Sherman, the holder instead or something. I don't oh. know, or the longest ever. It was it was it was the, it was the one slide hope I had during the period when uh, Matt Moore was starting that uh, the next quarterback, our emergency quarterback, is Anthony Sherman. And I just really wanted to see a like five foot four space marine throwing passes. It would just be phenomenal. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't come around. I thought they might just give him a trick play for the crack, but uh, but no. Um, yeah, so that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, any plans for the next few days? Uh, pretty pretty quiet here. We're, we're in like review and planning for next stage, and then yeah, just kind of planning out what I'm going to do uh, for the next few weeks before the holidays and. Uh, I believe Ireland are playing Denmark in the final game of the Euro 2020 qualification. They need a win to get in. Uh, mm. They haven't been great, to be honest. They're picking up a few injuries, but uh, I will watch it out of obligation, if not necessary, <laughs> expectation, um, with Sean Butler, uh, our mutual friend. Um, yeah, like he's getting spoiled. He, at least he's getting spoiled with a good Liverpool play at the moment. Yeah, but that's true. I'm a United fan, and then I'm having to watch Ireland. It's all pretty dire at the moment. <laughs> So at least the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are entertaining me on the Sundays. Ah, very good, very good. Yeah, nothing too major planned here. Uh, it's finally gotten cool enough we can kind of do things, like go for hikes and that. Even though, like, I, 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 the cancel last minute doing one this weekend gone because it just got too warm. I was like, I'm not going up a mountain and it's 36 degrees outside. Yeah, it's not pleasant. <laughs> no, um, but no, it's, it's good fun. So I need to make a couple of plans for the next little bit and... Uh, yeah, no, should be should be good, and obviously nice slate of games. Uh, it's a pity. I must check the timing of the Kansas City Ch- and Chargers game because I might be able to just get up and watch the second half of that in the morning, which would be quite nice. Uh, yeah, but yeah, was no more with no more time for more football podcasts and uh, working out and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing yeah. like it. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 good fun. We're also considering moving Gaff here in uh, in the town, so uh, I might be going out and having a little bit of a house hunt as well, which will be uh, always oh, nice. always fun. Um, but yeah, so I suppose that'll wrap it up for now. As always, if you want to drop us questions, Facebook, Twitter, which we never use, and <laughs> it's funny because I noticed on all it's the a dying platform, Connor. Yeah, but... that's the thing. Like on all, on on all on all the other podcasts, I hear them kind of going like, "Oh, like hit us up on Twitter." Like you can message on Facebook. We never see that one. It's like, no, no, no. We'll see the Facebook thing. We won't see the Twitter thing because we're old and we're shit at technology, or we're just ahead of the game and. Uh, we're actually we're coming to TikTok. It's yeah, yeah. TikTok, where you can send us video questions, I think, is it? Something like that. Uh, it's all I, videos. I, I believe it started out as uh, miming music videos, but yeah, yeah. I think it's just a general video. Yeah. I think it's more like Vine now, basically. That's what I was it's thinking. Like, it's, it's long like Vines. Vlog though. Vine, basically. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, hit us up on one of those or just, you know, shout it into the wilderness and if it's meant to come, we'll hear you. Um, that's fine we'll wrap it up there so uh, until next week it's bye from myself bye from Fitz we've been all four quarters thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next week bye